Hello, everyone, and inside today's Locked On Canadians, there is an NHL GM group chat. Down who posts memes, who's annoying, and who wishes everyone would shut up in that. And then it is Friday. That means it's the Friday mailbag, and we have all your listener questions and more inside today's show. Locked On Canadians, your daily podcast on the Montreal Canadiens. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 848 of Locked On Canadians. We are your daily Montreal Canadiens podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where you get your team every single day, wherever you get your daily podcast on the SiriusXM app or on YouTube. And today's episode is brought to you by Bird Dogs. If you go to birddogs.com slash LockedOnNHL, and when you enter promo code LockedOnNHL, they'll throw in a free custom Bird Dogs Yeti Tumbler with every order. Super comfortable, super to any situation. I am one of I am Scott Mallon. I'm joined as a Laura Saba. And Laura, we know there's an NHL GM group chat. Before we get to that, how are you doing today? I'm having a wonderful evening. The weather is getting better. It was a little bit chilly the last couple of days. Also, uh, it is a long weekend in Canada this week, so we are very, very excited to have Monday off, or at least I am. I hope most of you who are listening do have it off. And if you don't, that you get a loo day in return. Uh, but I'm just, I'm really excited to talk about this group chat thing, because uh, when I heard it, Scott, when you told me about it, I was like, I, I have a lot of questions. So I was listening to the postmortem episode of the Steve Dangle podcast, where they have Chris Johnston on to kind of break down locker clean out for the Leafs and what he's hearing, what he's seeing. That the NHL general managers communicate via a WhatsApp group with all 32 GMs in it at a given time, which to me seems absolutely wild that this is somehow the most efficient way that they can get in touch. I assume everyone has everyone else's number around the NHL to communicate, but in a thing where they are talking trades and movement or letting people know this player is available. Apparently it is done through a WhatsApp chat group chat where once an NHL GM retires, moves on, whatever they boot them from that group chat and just move on with everything else. And is this really the most efficient way to do this? It seems absolutely wild that this is what the NHL came up with. Well, there's a thing. Right. It is the NHL is an organization that should have a Slack chat, you would think. Right. (laughs) Or something like a whatever it is, Microsoft Teams or WebEx Teams or something like something professional related. Uh, But instead, they have a WhatsApp group. And I have so many questions like who's in charge? Who does the logistics? Who boots out the people who who quit, retire, get fired? Uh, and who adds the people, like whether they're on an interim basis or a new GM or whatever? Like, and how quickly do you get booted out when you're fired? Like, is it as soon as like you hear the NHL hears about it? Do they give you a couple of days grace period to like tie up some loose ends and say goodbye? I want to know also who's the most annoying one. I want to know who doesn't check their messages. I want to know. I want to know like everything. Like, do they make fun of people? Do they make fun of each other? Like, is it the young guys making fun of the boomers in there? 
I just, I have so many questions. Like this thing has like awakened a curiosity in me that like I'm dying to know. Do you like make fun of a, a GM you just fleeced in a train? Like, how does this work? I want to know. Somebody call me and tell me. If you're a former GM, tell me all of the details, please. If you're a former GM, just come on our podcast, please. And thank you. Like, <laughs> it's like my thought of the, out of all this is that I look at all the current GMs around the NHL. David Poyle is retiring. He's going to be replaced by Barry Trotz in this group chat in the next couple months here. Lou Lamarillo is definitely not the one actually in this group chat, right? Like this is someone running it for Lou and then just relaying the messages because Lou Lamarillo would use a rotary phone forever. be good. And it's like, do, do people post like tweets they've seen where like they're making fun of this or like articles, like do articles from like the athletic get posted and they're like, man, this makes you look really stupid in here. Like what else happens in this group chat? Like, do people like, hey, my grandchild was born. Here is a giant squishy pink baby. And someone goes, that baby's stupid. And everyone starts arguing. Like, it's so wild to me that I'm sure that obviously they everyone talks off to the side in their own. There's private. always side chats. There's, There's always side chats. chats. Like, I imagine all the Quebecois players or players, GMs in here have a little private chat where they speak entirely in French and that. And that all the young guys together. And it's just grouped off outside the main chat. But like, I'm dying to see what that main NHL GM group chat is. Cause it's either one filled with like the most ridiculous, like league altering things ever, or it is the most boring group chat you have ever been a part of. I feel like there cannot be an in-between with this. And I am just dying to know what it looks like on the inside. I can't believe it exists. Like we've joked that an NHL GM group chat exists. It's real. I, it's it's really real, which is just and it's a WhatsApp thing. <laughs> it exists. Who's posting gifts? This is what I want to know. Who's posting gifts? Is someone posting? And also, if you criticize an official get and get fined, like does everybody in the group chat applaud you? Like, does that happen? Yeah, like like who are the ones that they're like, oh god, this guy's typing now. I don't want I don't want to talk to this person. I assume it's like anyone who worked for the Tampa Bay Lightning organization for the longest time, but like who like I want to know which guy in here gets their messages ignored the most. Because for the longest time we were told that like Kyle Dubas had to work extra hard because he didn't have the respect around the league or whatever. I am so curious to see which GM like, hey, I have this player available, and it's just everyone just leave just silencing the group chat and going on with their going on with their day <laughs> i honestly like they're like i'm so curious about everything everything like do they post jokes at each other like do they like is this just purely professional and civil is it only used because i have i have group chats where it's like for example when i have a recipe chat if you're posting anything that's not a recipe or a recommendation based on a recipe you're out you get kicked out Right. Like, do not misuse group chats like this is so. So is this one of those things where they have to keep it strictly professional? Is it like, do they catch up like in the off season? Are they like, hey, how's fishing or whatever? Like, I want I want to know so many things. I need to know. I need somebody tell me. I would love to see what that chat looked like the night the Panthers eliminated the Leafs because it's like everyone has a little bit of a grudge against the Leafs because of the Leafs and that's just how things work. Was it just all golfing gifts, which is very, which would be funny? They wouldn't because NHL GMs are probably the most boring people on the face of the earth. Right. Also, everyone wants to make fun of the math nerd. Yeah. 
Source theories for what goes on in the NHL GM group chat. Who's the most annoying? Who posts gifts? Who doesn't get their text message answered? And who sends the 2 a.m. what you do in text to this group chat at LO underscore Canadians on Twitter? Speaking of our Twitter account, it is Friday. Friday means the Friday mailbag, and the Friday mailbag means some level of insanity here on this show. We're going to dive into listener questions coming up next. But first, as I said earlier, today's show is brought to you by Bird Dogs. Got to, I got my pairs of shorts in the mail this week. They are insanely comfortable. I got a pair of real nice gym shorts, and I got a pair of really, really nice golf shorts that I can wear. We're going wine tasting in a week. I'm going to be the most comfortable man drinking wine and also the most stylish man drinking wine because that is who I am when I am wearing bird dogs. And you can wear them anytime to the gym, going to take the dog out, going out, you know, just for dinner. Bird dogs is there and has you covered. They also sweatpants, joggers, really nice chinos, everything you could be looking for with the utmost comfort and versatility in mind. So go to birddogs.com slash lockdown NHL. And when you enter promo code lockdown NHL, they're going to throw in a free custom bird dogs tumbler with your order. It's Yeti made. It's solid. It's great. Put your coffee or if you're like me, put your Red Bull in there on your way to work. So people think you're drinking coffee and you're fancy. Go to birddogs.com slash lockdown NHL and check them out today. We are back here at Lockdown Canadians, and as you know, every Friday, except you know when news happens or I have a guest on and forget to ask for mailbag questions, we have the Friday mailbag, where you can tweet us at LO underscore Canadians, send us longer questions at LockdownCanadians at gmail.com, or in the comments, assuming you are not rude to commenters or us involved with that. We're going to start with what I believe are some trade proposal questions from our listeners, and Laura where are we starting at today? So I want to start off by saying we love your trade proposals. Um, we are going to read them out. Uh, but if you post something that's really outlandish, we can't prevent people from sharing their opinions. <laughs> that's how I'm going to put it. All right. Like, they're not all crazy. It's not anything like this. All right. We've had some really sensible ones. We've had some intriguing ones. We've had some where, like, we came down on one side and people are like, are you guys crazy? Like, this person was right or whatever. So this one literally says crazy trade edition in it. So this is from Andrew on Twitter, on uh, YouTube. Mailbag question, crazy trade edition. Montreal trades Josh Anderson, Jaden Struble to New Jersey for Simon Nemec, the 2023 second and a top 10 protected 2024 first. Montreal also only trades for PLD if we draft Mitchkov. This will be a win-lose for Scott. Right, here's the thing. I know we're making fun of New Jersey because of how things went. And we know, I, we know that they are probably or potentially, depending on who you listen to, overvaluing Josh Anderson. This is not happening. If this trade happened, I like Jaden Struble a lot too. Uh, like a lot, a lot. I think there's a lot of athleticism and athleticism and tools there to make that work. And Josh Anderson had a really good season last year before he got injured. Once he put it together, and New Jersey's reportedly obsessed with him. Like this is the thing. Like they love him. And here's the thing about that is that if they are allowing Lindy Ruff to have his hand in that, which they're bringing him back, which Devils some Devils fans did not seem thrilled by because they think a more modern coach might get more out of this team and. I'm hard pressed to argue against that. If you are trading your second overall pick, another first round pick, 
and getting a and a second round pick for Josh Anderson with term coming off an injury and Jaden Struble, who has played a dozen professional games at this point, if even that, I I would be stunned. And I'm not the highest on Simon Nemitz. I think there's a lot of talent there. I think it is very raw talent at this current point in time. If New Jersey says we'll give you that, you should be Ken, Ken Hughes should be running both those guys to the 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 uh, I almost said the plane station, the airport, and making that trade happen. Zero percent chance that that would happen, but crazier things have happened. But if I'm New Jersey and that's the proposal, I'm hanging up the phone or leaking the group chat as we talked about last segment. That's exactly it. Sorry, I'm trying to like pull up the questions on my computer so it doesn't look like I'm looking down as much, but I, for whatever reason. All right, so this is from our friend Rick B, who had some very nice things to say about our podcast this morning, so we really appreciate it. Uh, mailbag, trade Bluesky, uh, Maple Leafs. If I was Kyle Dubas, I would run out of the building with my hair on fire. The buzzards are not yet picking at the carcass, but they are circling at 10,000 feet. This is true. So when the ha- let's park the when the Habs will be competitive because that's going to skew the discussion, all right? So when the Habs are going to be competitive, that's three years from now, four years from now, whatever it is. So four least players on the block, Matthews, Marner, Nylander, Tavares. Create a trade scenario that would be realistically possible to get each of these people. You're asking a lot, and I'm going to go ahead and just square off two things here. The Leafs will not trade John Tavares because he has a full no movement clause. And he's already said, I am staying in Toronto. I don't want to go anywhere else. I'm crossing him off the list entirely at this point, because I do not think he will be leaving there. He's their team captain. I don't think he's going anywhere. Austin Matthews, I think is the second least likely guy to be traded just because he is arguably their most valuable player on that team. He is their top line center. He is their 60 goal scorer, their heart trophy winner. He is far too valuable for that team. He will get you the most in return. And we are talking Kirby Doc, Lane Hudson, and more on top of that to get a guy like Austin Matthews. And I mean a lot more that I think it would be astronomical to try and acquire him. You have to at and least only- be sure to fill four positions on your team. And also you're not making that trade without getting a guaranteed extension on the books because he is, he is up for one. Uh, He can sign a new one in this upcoming season. He can sign his new extension at any point in time. And that number is going to start with a one and it's not going to end with a zero or another one. Maybe not even a two. It's probably going to be starting at 13 and the Canadians really aren't in a cap situation to make that work immediately without shedding other salary there. The interesting part here is William Nylander because he has the most tradable contract out of anyone on that team. He's also their best playoff performer. He is arguably probably their most under, I don't want to say undervalued because I think that leaves value him plenty, but with his deal also due for an extension and his ability to play in the playoffs, you're talking a lot going in the other direction there and also signing to an extension and Mitch Marner. I think the Canadians just can't afford the contract. It's too much. And again, Toronto's going to want as much back. They're talking. They want a star player back for that in a trade like that is what Chris Johnston said on STP is they're going to want a star player back. Are you willing to sacrifice Cole Caulfield for Mitch Marner? 
if you're we're Canadians fans, so we are inherently biased against that. But that is likely where that negotiation starts. And what's the point of having Mitch Marner if he's not feeding Cole Caulfield? I think out of everyone on that team that I'm looking at, William Nylander would be that guy. But you're also probably going to pay a little bit more because his contract is the most affordable. And it's going to be a very fascinating, not to like tap dance on the, you know, death of the core four in Toronto there. But I'm so curious what team's going to, you know, pull out the stops here, especially if Kyle Dubas leaves. It's a new GM. He has no loyalty to any of these players. Things are going to get wild, and I cannot wait. It's going to be a very exciting next month and a half. So Kyle Dubas is saying he's either going to stay in Toronto or not go anywhere else. I don't know that that's necessarily going to be a thing. I feel like if somebody makes a good enough offer and he's after a little bit of rest, he's probably going to go somewhere else. All right, let's talk one more trade proposal that we've received. Um, and then we'll move into some other questions in our next segment. This, this one comes from Paul G on YouTube. Trade proposal. This depends on the Habs being trade, being able to trade Jake Allen. What if we send our third pick to Toronto for their first, which is Boston's first, for Matt Murray, it frees up cap space for the Leafs, and there's only one year left on Murray's contract. We will now have three first-rounders. No, because Matt Murray will not play a game next year. It sounds like he's heading for LTIR. And also, he's worse than Jake Allen, and he's injury-prone. And if we're going to have someone who's bad and injury-prone, you might as well give Caden Primo. I, that's unfair. He's not injury-prone, but he hasn't been good at the NHL level. I get the idea of wanting to get a third first-round pick out of it. There's no reason to add Matt Murray unless you're purposely trying to be god-awful next year as well. Love Sam Montembeau, but we don't think I don't think he and Caden Primo – can handle the workload that would come upon the team the minute Matt Murray gets injured. And Matt Murray's going to get injured. That's the story of his career so far. Not to be mean to the guy, but it's the honest truth. It It's taking up a roster spot where I'd rather just see what Caden Primo can do. I'd rather find out what the prospect has than know what Matt Murray is at this point in time. We have plenty more of your mailbag questions, and we're going to get to all of those coming up in our final segment. We are back here at Lockdown Canadians. We have another fun episode planned out for you. Monday, we are planning a really fun live show on a Friday night here in the future where we can get all these big draft and prospect questions out there. We are working on setting up a time frame for that. And we will let you know more once we have figured out that time. And remember, if you ever want to tweet at your mailbag questions at LO underscore Canadians or Canadians at gmail.com. Laura, what do we have to round out the mailbag today? So we've got a few questions. This one is still one on YouTube, and then we'll move to Twitter. Uh, this one comes from Crown Movers on um, on YouTube, and it is a little bit of a heavy one, but I do think the question itself is worth posing. Hey, guys. So we've recently been discussing this with a couple of other hockey people in Montreal. What is your opinion on the Chicago scandal and them not being penalized besides besides the, the $2 million fine? It was $2 million, not twenty. The NHL announced Wednesday it has stripped the Arizona Coyotes of a second-round pick in the 2020 draft and a first-rounder uh, first in 2021 for violating the league. Com com oh, wait. This is something where um, it happened in the past. <laughs> it's not new. Uh, but the, Co the Coyotes had were stripped of some of their picks for something which was 
I think it was a combine violation, right? They were having illegal testing of prospects before the draft, the official NHL combine itself, I believe. Right. They weren't doing anything necessarily dangerous. They just weren't doing something that was sanctioned. They were testing. Yeah. Yeah. They were physical, like they were doing physical tests. And so they were stripped of their picks. They were stripped of multiple valuable picks. Right. And then what ended up happening is nothing that happened with Chicago. Right. It was, and so this is the question from Crown Movers. I feel the fact that it was kept a secret and that nothing was done as they celebrated winning a cup. The organization should have been, should not have been allowed to participate in the last two drafts, or at the very least, not be eligible for a first round pick for two years. What do you think? I think that's dead on the money is that a lot of people said when Toronto went Toronto, I'm so sorry. Not in that one. When Chicago was punished for the Kyle Beach scandal and the cover-up and everything that went along with that, is that this is nothing. They got fined $2 million. Joel Quenville has to apply for reinstatement. Stan Bowman has to apply for reinstatement. They weren't stripped of anything. Like, nothing at all. And we've seen OHL teams that are, like, on probation for having violations of, like, their charter in there in terms of, like, player safety and other things. Chicago wasn't punished harshly enough. In fact, they were rewarded. They sold $5 million worth of new tickets the minute they won the draft lottery. A draft lottery they probably shouldn't have been able to win, eligible to win because of this. And I'm not saying they need to be banned for 10 years of first-round picks or anything like that. You punish them less than the Coyotes for testing for testing players outside of an acceptable window. And quite frankly, it's ridiculous. And it was always going to be that way, even more so now that they've won this draft lottery. I 100% agree that they didn't get punished nearly enough, and they came out on top anyways. They got a new superstar in making millions of dollars in revenue to make up the fine. There's they They're laughing all the way to the bank at this point. It's honestly not okay. And I think just like making them ineligible to win the lottery would have been enough. I think that like anything legitimately do anything and they, they came out on top because of course they did. Yeah. And that's the thing. And and I think that this is a good point where like you're comparing Arizona, which does like their future is like in serious jeopardy. And it's a team that isn't one of the quote unquote flagstone cornership, whatever flagship franchises of, 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 of the NHL. Like, honestly, I'm going to be straight up with you. I feel like Toronto, Montreal, like Montreal's my team. They probably would have gotten off with less of a fine, less of a punishment than the Coyotes did if they had done this. I'm not saying go out there and do this, Montreal. I'm just saying because it's Montreal, it would have gotten like they they would have gotten a a less of a punishment. So I just think it's unfair. I'm really upset. So like I'm stumbling all over my words, apparently. But let me get back to the Twitter questions now. And there's some lighter stuff in here now. Our friend J.D. Young from the Locked on Sharks podcast, which you should all be listening to because he does a lot of draft content himself and the pick is very close to Montreal's. So check out his content because he gets on amazing guests to talk about all those players that are up there um, in that top little, you know, that top 10-ish range. And his question is, with very few expiring contracts to worry about this offseason, why is Chris Tierney the most important one? Because he once scored a goal against the Flyers and it was hilarious. Uh <laughs> I wouldn't be shocked if they bring back Chris Tierney just because, hey, fourth line center, go eat up some minutes while we get prospects ready. Uh, But it's important to me because he was part of Montreal Canadiens legend Nick Bonino 
in Montreal at the trade deadline. So <laughs> always in my heart, never forgotten Nick Benino, Montreal Canadian. Uh, Jeff the Red asks us, who is most likely to start the season on a line with Suzuki and Caulfield at this point? And who do you want to see there? My thought is it'll be Raphael Harvey Pinard to start. I also wouldn't be surprised if it's Josh Anderson. Uh, depending on a PLD trade, I could see it being Kirby Doc again as well. I would like to see Slavkovsky on that line. Only because I want, you know what? We're going to toss you in the deep end and see where you've improved. And then we can adjust from there. Because we know that these are two guys who can make space. And Slavkovsky has some decent playmaking chops to him. I want to see what he can do on that line. And even if it's just preseason, it doesn't work out great. But that... Rafael Harvey Pinard is at the top of the list of players I assume will be there, but Slavkovsky, I think, is the guy I want to see there the most. Absolutely agree. Goalie Droid asks, what summer trips should Suzuki and Caulfield go on in Montreal this year so the Habs can update all their footage and stop using last year's? They... I don't even know if this park still exists. And I know this is going to be a winter themed thing. The last time I went to Quebec city outside the city limits by like an hour. Or so it was a big winter sports. Park oh yes. With like tubing Hills and all this other stuff. They should send the two of them there at some point uh, with many, 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 many waivers that if they get hurt, uh, it's the park's fault. Uh, they should go to Tremblant for the summer because it seems like the fancy pants thing to do. Uh, and they can just film content there. There's a massive trampoline park somewhere, an outdoor trampoline park last summer. Um, I hope it's back this summer and they should go to that. <laughs> I think you, they just heard trampoline park and someone in the Canadians organization went, no, 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 no. <laughs> Definitely Nick not. Suzuki to survive COVID and everything else to get taken up by a trampoline. Listen, it would be fun. Okay. Uh, we've got a couple more questions. Jeff the Red asks us if there was a lockdown NHL officials podcast and you were a guest, what would you say? <laughs> Nothing that I can repeat on this show without having to edit out a whole lot of words. It's a family friendly show, Jeff, and you know this. You know this. Um, yes. And finally, what is the craziest and most unexpected but somewhat realistic place the Coyotes could end up? I saw Milwaukee suggested, which I think would be interesting. I think the most unlikely, but still possible, would be a second Toronto area team. Whether that be Markham or Burlington or Vaughn, I think that a second Toronto team isn't high on the list because the Leafs are probably not eager to give up some of that monopoly they have on hockey in the area. Not to discount the Toronto Six in that area, as well, but that's a huge media market and a huge chunk of money. And the Leafs is that they wouldn't be opposed to it, but like it's money, a lot of money. I think that's the most likely, but also just throwing it out there, a team in Virginia somewhere, maybe I, no one's talked about it, but it's close enough to a big enough metropolitan area that they can make it work. Assuming they had the right area for it, I think would be uh, the most unexpected potential one. I like it. I was going to say, let's take it to Baltimore. <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't be opposed to that. I, I don't know what they have for arenas, but Baltimore, you have the Baltimore city proper, and then you're not far from the DC metro area either. Yeah, you're competing with the Caps, but the like... Regional rivalry. If we had the, the, the Quebec City Coyotes, I almost said the Quebec City Coyotes. If we had 
any team in Quebec City, whether or not it was the Coyotes, just imagine the rivalry. It's still a pipe dream. For I all do of us. not think Twitter would could currently survive a Nordiques Habs rivalry. I don't think the highway could survive Nordiques Habs. Just because it's you know, not on the side of the road like the Champlain Bridge, or is that because? It... <laughs> Anyways, I'm not going to make fun of Canadian infrastructure while I had to dodge six potholes on the way home from work. So that is going to wrap up this episode of Lockdown Canadians. We will be back Monday. We have another great episode planned for you with one of the questions we didn't use today. We're going to expand that into a much bigger segment of the show. So you're going to want to tune in for that. As always, follow us on Twitter at LO underscore Canadians. Follow Laura at The Active Stick. Follow myself at Scott Matla. Subscribe wherever you get your daily podcast or on YouTube. And we will see you all next time.